Hello and welcome to HR Bytes, a podcast and video series to bring you stories of HR professionals who bring a think globally and act locally digital HR agenda to their work. Everyday people who are driving digital transformations in their organizations, data-driven and future-fit digital HR leaders. We are present on all your favorite podcast channels, and you can also watch us on YouTube and follow us on social. This is your host, Jay Polaki, and today's guest is my very good friend, Rosemary Shapiro. Welcome to HR Bytes, Rosemary. So happy to have you on the show today. Thank you, Jay. Very happy to be here. So, Rosemary, you've been in the HR industry for over 20 years now, most recently at Bullside Telecom. And, you know, you've worked with transforming your HR team from a spontaneous reactive department to a more strategic and proactive team as you've gone through a merger and acquisition as well in the recent past. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience in the HR industry and um, how you've transformed your team to be more proactive? Well, I fell into HR a little bit by accident. Um, I have a degree in music education, so I just I conduct people now instead of music. Um, and the team was not integrated in the organization. It really was sitting on the outside, on the periphery, and it was very reactive. People came to HR and would say, can I have the salaries of my people? Can this is the job I need to fill this. And it was, we just started to ask questions and, you know, it was going to the team and saying to them, we need to understand the whys. Why do people need the information? When we do and begin to ask the question, why and why, and why we really can get to the root of how we can help them. And rather than just, okay, they asked this question, we provided info. They asked the question, we provided info. We began to get more integrated into, well, let's just not give them the salary info. Maybe it's, we need to update job descriptions. We need to change the focus of how we're recruiting for them. And we became then more integrated into the departments. It became more like HR business partners and really became a central focus and became a central pillar into the organization and not just this administrative reactive part of uh, and the police, you know, as HR can often be in an organization. Absolutely. You know, this business first and people first lens and digital first lens is such a great, great uh, refreshing change for our industry. And I think this is one of the most pivotal moments in our HR industry for all of us to lead our organizations into the future of this new world of work. What do you think are some of the technology challenges for HR leaders uh, in 2022 and beyond? Well, I think technology to support a hybrid workforce. Um, the hybrid, you know, the pandemic changed the way that we were working. And that hybrid workforce is not going away. It's really here to stay. So it presents kind of a, a challenge for HR um, or an opportunity, really. So for us to be able to support that 
that hybrid workforce, I think, um, is an opportunity for us. Um, I also think cybersecurity is another aspect of, uh, of technology and, and HR. You know, certainly um, cybersecurity has been out there and has been a, a challenge. Um, and oftentimes people, I don't think, realize that it is an aspect of HR. But remember that you have all your HR people working from home and we have access to everybody's you know, information that we're passing along from home. And people are like, oh, I did it in Excel and I put a password on the spreadsheet. Not enough. And, you know, it's phishing, it's malware, it's all of that stuff. So really getting HR aware of the cybersecurity, I think, is, a, is an aspect. And, you know, data analytics and the C-suite asking for more. Um, from HR in that aspect. So I think so, those are some of the uh, the technology trends, you know, that we're really seeing. Absolutely. And, you know, HR teams definitely are also grappling with this whole new shiny object phenomenon, right? There's so much HR technology out there today than ever before. How do you think HR teams have been handling this mindset of buying every shiny new object in HR tech as, you know, the world of work has grappled with these huge rippling changes, both in our lives and in our work world? Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, and, you know, it is hard to, to not squirrel, you know, to just not want to go after. I think that you know, certainly one way we managed it was we didn't have the time to implement it, you know, because time is, is, you know, of an essence. And then there's the money behind it too. You can't go for everything. And so you, you really have to do the research and prioritize what is of the most importance to your organization. And then, you know, focus your time, your efforts and your money in that. And, um, and something I think we're going to get to soon is um, is making sure that you include the right people in your decisions. Absolutely. So that is a great segue into my next question. What role did you and your social capital, that is your connections within the organization, play in generating, incubating, and scaling innovation in your HR department? Well, I was lucky. And that is that, you know, I sat on the leadership team, so I had that seat at the table. And I was fortunate also that I reported to the CEO. And I think it's really, really important that HR reports to the CEO um, because I and HR had equal footing as well as every other pillar, just like finance, just like operations, just like technology. So when we were looking at new things, whether it was, you know, a stay interview program that we were looking to put in place, new HRIS technology, um, new manager training, whatever it was, it got the same, um, the same uh, amount of, of, of interest, the same amount of time in our leadership team meetings as if we were looking at, you know, implementing 
uh, or expanding Salesforce licenses or Broadsoft or any other different technology or you know, different operations thing. So I was really fortunate in, in that way. That's wonderful to hear. So, you know, while you were trying to bring this new technology uh, to your organization, what were some of the barriers that you've seen to a successful HR tech implementation? Um, well, time. <laughs> you never think it's going to take as much time as it does, um, but uh, it takes it takes time. Um, and, you know, engagement and, and really on the employee side. So, you know, if you can, if you, you implement it and you train them well, it's really getting them to engage to the level that you want them to. So if you have an employee self-service model within it and, and they all do, but really getting. So, you know, what is it that you can do to make sure that that level of engagement is there? So whether it's incentives or other things, the ease of use for the employees. And the reason that that's so important is because that's going to help you get that ROI because the ROI on that is the other barrier. You know, getting the money for HR technology is a hard sell, number one. I mean, we're a support organization, you know, support aspect of the organization. So for us to go and ask for that money and say, oh, well, it's going to help us save in this aspect and this aspect. But if you really can get employees to engage and use that employee self-service aspect of it, that does save you on you know, your staff not doing so many of the redundant things that they would otherwise be doing, but you have to get that engagement. And so that helps feed that other aspect, that barrier of really proving your ROI and setting up those things initially to show I'm going to be able to show and prove this ROI in this aspect and this aspect, but you got to get that engagement too. Absolutely. And, you know, the past two years, we've seen tech adoption, like being adopted, technology being adopted at lightning speed in our HR function. And there seems to be a lot more um, room for budgetary, um, uh, you know, um, kind of help from <laughs> our C-suite. So in this new world of work, What's one piece of advice you have for our HR colleagues who are looking to adopt new technology and also learn the new technology at the same time? Well, I would say uh, to make sure that you include people outside of HR and payroll. So, you know, new technology impacts the entire organization. So, I think a common mistake is that you, you look at the people that are most impacted, the people that are gonna implement it and the people that are gonna use it every day, like your HR staff and your payroll staff, and they're the ones that make the decision. But when I've been successful in digital transformation, it's relying on gaining input and actually, you know, having active collaboration across functions and departments. So whether that's, you know, including in there, of course, having IT, 
in there, you know, so that your your architecture, you're making sure whether it's single sign on or, you know, other aspects, your architecture is there. But also, you know, have having an hourly employee who has to go through the pain of signing in and out every day to understand what are the pain points that they experience daily so that when you're going through demos, they understand and see, oh, this is what they're going to actually have to do. Or a manager that has to approve time cards. And, and because when you have them in the decision-making process, they will become advocates for you. And they'll be able to then say, oh, okay, I know it doesn't do this exactly like our other one did, but here are the other benefits that, that we gain from this system as opposed to what we had previously. And uh, certainly was a mistake I made in one, you know, transformation, but uh, I learned from that. Don't be all. <laughs> it's always a continuous learning process. Yeah. Yes. So my uh, experience with digital transformation has led me to believe that without having the HR data and metrics to show how this new technology has helped us genuinely improve the employee experience, um, we really can't get the buy-in for it, neither from our C-suite and neither from our employees. How should we be approaching HR data and metrics in this now of work today? Well, there's so much information online um, and, and you have, we have more data than ever at our fingertips and, and we have to use it to explore and solve problems. I mean, um, you know, it, we have to use the data that's available to us to make evidence-based decisions. And sometimes you have to lead people down that path. You know, they want to go from their gut. Well, I think this is a good employee, and so I want to keep them. And sometimes you have to take them down a path that they don't necessarily want to go to show them that, well, you know, when you look at all these metrics, it shows you that they really might not be where you think they are. And if you stack rank them, you might need to, you know, operationally, you know, do, you know, your operational efficiency would show you that they might be a person you need to get rid of or look to get rid of. But you do that by showing them the evidence. And you have to kind of sometimes take people along even when they don't want to. So you do that because, you know, it, it's supported by research and it's supported by data. And um, it, analytics can spot um, underlying cause of problems. But it also can show you things that are working well. And so when you have this knowledge, um, we can design programs that increase productivity or increase innovation. And you know, we, we created a program at Bullseye called you know, Organizational Efficiency, where we did that, where we actually put a program in, in place to use data actual data that the managers were using, basically their more or less employee evaluations to show them who was and wasn't performing on their team based on the actual numbers and not gut. And so you could see, do you really have people that might not be in the right seat? 
And so we should be taking other action, whether that's, you know, a, a performance improvement plan, whether we need to make a plan to find a replacement for them, or, you know, should they go to a different department? Or is everybody performing well or where they need to be? But you have to look at the data and use it. And, and when you have fact-based, don't you can't argue with the facts. So um, it's 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 building the data literacy skills, and 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 um, we don't always have them inherently. So you know we might need to take a class on learning how to look and utilize that that data. I mean, it didn't necessarily come inherent to me, or maybe not to you, or you know whatever. And there's no shame in in having to learn it. Absolutely. And on that note, we arrive at the funner part of our conversation today. It's our question connection section. And I have a set of questions that I'm sure our audience would like to learn more about you too as well. So who is one person you've gained in your network in this past year within the HR technology space that you think more people should know about? Um, well, it's uh, Paula Fulgram, and she's uh, the president of an HR outsourcing firm called Innovate HR. So I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's uh, she bills herself as an HR problem solver and chief innovator. So I find her posts, they're very thoughtful. They cover a wide variety of topics, and she integrates life outside of work into her posts as well. So um, so I like her very much. Wonderful. And we link her account in the show notes for the audience. Okay. Great. Um, do you have a favorite HR podcast or an HR book that you think we should all be listening to or reading? Well, I like um, HR Happy Hour, and it's by um, H3 HR Advisors. Yes, I've heard of them. Yeah. Wonderful. And any uh, LinkedIn learning or e-learning webinars for HR technology that you think would be very helpful to our HR colleagues? Well, I listened to one recently um, called Artificial Intelligence and Business Strategy. So I don't know if you've uh, listened to that one, but... Um, I will link that in the show notes as well. Okay. I, I think I've received an email with a link to it recently. So I'm definitely going oh, to Okay. <laughs> so, given yeah. the, so given the upheaval of all things work in these past three years, what's mm-hmm. one workplace trend you think is here to stay? Working from home. Or hybrid working at, at the very least. And, and I think it presents a little bit of a challenge to frontline managers. You know, they have to ensure good, solid productivity. Um, they don't have the same visibility that they had previously. And, you know, that's why I think it is really incumbent upon HR to work with the managers. Um, technology can help in this way as well. But, you know, making sure, you know, communication is there, um, daily scrums, you know, with the teams, I think is a really good way for managers to make sure that they're at least keeping a pulse. You know, mental health is is a big issue, a big topic out there now. And 
the isolation still, hybrid work, great, but um, managers and, and employees are missing a connection still not going into work a bit. Sadly, that's our challenge <laughs> in mm-hmm. today's world. <laughs> so, yes, Rosemary, sure. you've always, you know, worked with your community within the HR um, arena as well as outside of it and always given back in many ways. How do you enjoy giving back to the HR community specifically? Well, I think that anything in my brain is uh, is open to others free of charge, really. So if I can help someone, whether they're, you know, studying for their SHRM certification, you know, whether it's study tips, book, books that I found useful, um, Quizlet, or, you know, if they want to run questions back and forth, um, you know, I, I'm there to help them with that, whether it's someone who was like, hey, we're starting on the journey of looking at an HRIS system. How can you help? Whether it's forms I've created to, you know, checklists, you know, I'm I'm great to be a sounding board. I, you know, I just, if I've experienced it and what I've experienced can help somebody, you know, I'm I'm just here to help. You know, I just don't view this as a competition. When one of us is better, we're all better. And on that note, thank you again so much for your time today. You know, I always learn from you every time we chat. And I'm sure our audience has really gleaned a lot from today's conversation. So thank you again for being here today, Rosemary. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for having me. I always enjoy our time together.